your man, Big Dom, host of the True Players Podcast, hitting you with the upfront, blatantly honest, in your face, no punches held, opinions on sports, current events, relationships, and many other topics along the way. Check out this next episode of my podcast. Let's get everybody spending big time quite live natural on the True Players Podcast episode on the Sunday night. Um, it's fishing now the divisional playoffs in the NFL. I just watch um, an ending of an era, ending of a, ending of a career. I think in regards to Drew Brees, um, losing Tom Brady 30-20. As Tom Brady is going to an NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers, that has been set. The Bills are going to be facing the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game that has been set. I'm not going to spend too much time on um, the NFL playoffs as of right now. I will speak more about it um, in the later podcast. The reason I jump on this podcast because this week has been a big, big week for New York sports. Um, I'm not even going to touch the Mets right now. I'm not going to touch the Mets right now on this podcast. That's going to be a whole other podcast with a big trade. Francisco Lindor and uh, Carlos Carrasco coming to the Mets. That's a whole different podcast. That's going to, that's going to be a whole like whole half hour podcast. So the reason for the um, for this podcast is the big trade of James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Robert Sala is the new head coach for the New York Jets. Big things are happening right now in New York. So let me just touch upon briefly about the Knicks. So the Knicks. We're, we're in a, um, a slump. Lost five games in a row. They, they won a uh, game against the Celtics, which, for the most part, uh, I'm glad the Knicks won the game, but they didn't get the best Celtics effort in this game. Um, this is Kemba Walker's first game back with the Celtics for, for, with the knee injury that he had that he sustained, sustained during the bubble earlier this year, well, in July. Uh, South Celtics looked out of sorts. Jason Tatum didn't play this game. But, you know, the Knicks took advantage. You know, on, on Tom Thibodeau's birthday, he got a win. The team got a win for the for their head coach, which I'm very proud about. They broke the five-game um, losing streak. R.J. Barrett dropped 19 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. And Julius Randle, 20 points, 12 rebounds, and four assists. And Emmanuel quickly. I've been saying his name wrong quickly. I said, that's just quickly. He dropped 17 points and eight assists off the bench. Um, in my opinion, this kid should, this rookie is ready to become a starting for the New York Nets, Knicks. Um, I was never a fan of Alfred Payton, but, you know, he does some things good. He plays great defense. He does get, get the offense rolling. But I think this Emmanuel Quickly kid, the Knicks' offense looks a whole lot better with him running the show. And we're going to see what happens um, in future games with the New York Knicks. I, I am going to speak about them uh, as well in another podcast as well. So 
stay tuned, stay tuned for that for the next podcast we're going to the Knicks and the New York Mets. Hope to bring you guys those episodes in, in, in within the week. Um, but now I'm going to talk about the hiring of Robert Sala, the new, the new New York Jets head coach. He came in earlier this week for a second interview. Um, he left the building without signing, signing a contract, so I believe they were interviewing the Titans offense coordinator as well was also in the second interview. Um, at first, I was not, you know, excited about the hire. I wanted, I wanted a more experienced head coach. I wanted Doug Peterson. I even wanted Rex Ryan 2.0, to be honest with you, because I wanted a, co- a coach who is um, experienced and ready to take the ball, take the ball and roll. Already have, comes in with a plan, ready to go. Um, to lead the team. However, there was there's a few negative flags about Doug Peterson. There was negative flags about Rex Ryan as well, in which I understand why Joe Douglas went in this direction with a defensive coordinator who was in the Super Bowl um, just last year. Just last year. Let it, let, he's on the staff with Kyle Shanahan and led the San Francisco just recently. Um, were the NFC defending champions. They didn't make the playoffs. They will be crowned a new NFC champ, conference champion next week. But this guy, for what I've reading, what I've been reading, I had to do some research on him. He's the first Muslim American to become head coach in the NFL. That is a crowning achievement in all sports in which a Muslim American has taken over the reins of a, of a big, not only an NFL football team, but the NFL football team in New York. We had our African-American coaches. We had Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles defensive coordinator. Now we have, we have Robert Sala, a Muslim-American, which I didn't know he was Muslim at all until I actually did my research on him. He was a he worked on the Pete Carroll. Hopefully Greg grabs some things with Pete Carroll. I, I'm going to tell you guys something about Pete Carroll. He was one of my favorite coaches, favorite head coaches. When he took over that Jets team in '94, I felt he got he got he got railroaded by Leon Hess. He should have got he should have got another season. It was not fair to him to be to be uh, fired after one season with New York Jets. Um, he, he he started off with Pete Carroll, 16 years as a, um, as a in the NFL as a um, whether it was quality control coach or a defense coordinator. Robert Sala was started off in Seattle, then he joined. Um, he joined Kyle Shanahan as well with the San Francisco becoming a defensive coordinator, um, leading the top defenses over the past two, two, three years. That was the top defense. Even this season, with all the injuries to Solomon, to Bosa, and, she missed, and Sherman missed a few games this season. The defense is still in the top 10 defense. The only thing I, the only thing, the only thing I may draw back about is them going back to a four three alignment. I've never I, I I've gotten used to seeing the Jets in a three four alignment. Starting from Bill Parcells down to um, even Greg Williams has coached the um, three four defense without changing the personnel. However, Robert Sides are coming with a fresh and a fresh energy, a new outlook on things as far as the defensive side of the ball. Now what does that mean? Um, for Quinn Williams, what does that mean for all the other players? 
does that mean for C.J. Mosley, who came from a def- came from a defensive line with three or four defensive linemen, what his, how would his role would be now? Because not only are they doing a four three defense, they're actually doing a cover three four three defense scheme. Now, can they run the same three cover three um, cover three scheme with three four defense? Yes, they can. Because Buffalo did it with Ted Control, and Ted Control was a different coordinator back in the day. They did it with Ted Control. They did it with they, that's the way Phillips runs now. Three four three four defense with a three with a cover three scheme. So we'll see what happens with that. But the most important thing that Robert Seller has to do now. Um, before I get to that, I want to I want to I want to I want to congratulate the Jets, Chris Johnson, Joe Douglas for doing things the right way. Allow Joe Douglas to pick his coach and hire his coach. Hopefully, now the hierarchy is down to the head coach, the GM, the GM to the owner, and we're now going to have a, a synergy of the organization right now. He signed for five years. Joe Douglas has five years left on his contract as the um, GM of the New York Jets. They're, they're hand in hand now. So, my, my question to, to, um, Joe Douglas right now is what is he going to do with Sam Donald? Um, that's Tyler. Are they going to keep um, Sam Donald? From reading from the articles that I've read on the internet, on Google and um, New York Post, he's bringing Michael Thor as his offense coordinator. They see a lot of untapped potential in Sam Donald, in which hopefully they can probably um, unpackage for us. So we can finally see the true Sam Donald, the true, the true talent that comes, that, that came with being the third pick in the 2018 draft. That's what we want to see right now. But there's also, also an issue, guys. I know my New York Jet fans in the, in the, in the, in the group, the Facebook group, one million Jet, New York Jet fans worldwide, or whatever that, whatever that group is called. There's a situation now that Deshaun Watson is asking for a trade. What would it what would it take for the Jets to make a trade for Deshaun Watson? Me personally, I'm for all this draft capital that we that we we've uh, obtained. I don't want to lose any of my draft capital, but if, if it takes what if, if it takes me to give up my my first round pick number two pick, along with Sam Darnold going to Houston for Deshaun Watson, I'm going to do it. But I'm not giving the, I'm not giving the Texans any more any, anything more than that. Reason being, you being Deshaun Watson, you signed a big contract, a four-year contract, one hundred and fifty-six million dollar contract for four years. You bring him in, he's already taken up half your cap space, available cap space that you have right now, yearly. Just have eighty million dollars in cap space. Um, if you listen to any of my previous podcasts, how I speak, um, speak about equitable contracts and how to have flexibility under the salary cap to do what you need, what you need to bring in um, surrounding players. You know that I'm not going to give up my entire draft for Deshaun Watson. No matter how much he bangs the bangs, the drums, kicks the wall, kicks the door down or wants to be traded to the Jets or wants to be traded to any other team, I'm not giving up my draft capital or my draft capital for him. I'm a, if I was your Douglas, I would have Texas in, in the face. So listen, I'm, I can give you Sam Donald and my, my, my first round pick two draft, draft pick. 
if you want more, if you want more than a draft pick, if you want more, more, more draft picks, how about you throw JG Watt in that deal? That'll solve two problems with the Jets, two holes. The edge rusher in that four-three scheme that Rob Sal is going to use, that solves your quarterback. And this is how your quarterback. And the quarterback can be your be quarterback for 10 years. He's already He has already been an all-pro. He's been in three Pro Bowls already. He's come, he comes ready-made. Who the Jets made that deal? But keep in mind one thing, though. So that doesn't that, that affects the Jets peripherally was the hiring of Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Why does that affect the Jets peripherally? It's because the Jets may still have an opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer is a former Ohio State head coach. In my humble opinion, he's going to stay loyal. Uh, would I be surprised if he picked Trevor Lawrence? No. But I would not be surprised with that first pick with Jacksonville that he will draft Justin Fields to be the quarterback of the Jaguars. I would not be surprised at all. That's why I think if the Jets do trade for Deshaun Watson, it will have to wait until um, after the Jacksonville Jaguar pick. It's going to wait after that. Now, if Trevor Lawrence comes on the board, you know what you draft Trevor Lawrence? You keep Sam Darnold. Have them compete for the starting job. It, and I was actually start Sam Donald for the first few games of the season to build up his trade value. If he plays very well under the new system with Michael Floor. Potentially. But Michael Floor has an office coordinator. And he flourishes. You can pass you can get a, a, a first round pick for Sam Donald. And come around week six, Trevor Lawrence will be able to sit back, watch how all the NFL defenses play, and he can slide right in smoothly, take over and start starting quarterback for the New York Jets while they're in the midst of completing for a playoff spot. Just like Miami did with, with Taco, Taco Viola, whatever his name is, Tua. Let's call him Tua because I can't pronounce his last name. You can do it like that. Now, with Rob Sala taking over as a Jet, becoming a Jet head coach, there's a few San Francisco 49er players that could be coming with him. And the first one is, is cornerback, is Akella Witherspoon. Um, he had some decent seasons. He was injured in 2019. I'm mean, sure 2019, I believe he was injured. He's remember, he was 2018, as I was trying to remember. A guy that, you know, has potential. Put him next to. Um, Bless Austin. I, I'm, I'm bless Austin. Also, I'm, I'm big on keeping Brian Poole as a nickelback, but that's not up to me. That's up to Joe Douglas. That's up to Robert Sala. He may want. He may want. Some, he may want to bring his own guys in to be the uh, nickelback for the New York Jets. We'll see what happens. Um, the next two players are um, defensive linemen to go with Quinn Williams on that line. One is Ronald Blair. He was a rotational player in, in San Francisco, but during his rotation, he has done some great things. Tackles got tackles for losses, got sacks. 
Now put him in the, on that Jets D line with the new fourth three alignment. He could be uh, definitely edge rush that we need. You know, to Solomon Thomas, defensive tackle, big player for the San Francisco 49ers. A big injury that happened while they played the New York Jets. And I believe week week four this year, he tore his ACL. Him and Bosa went down in the same game, actually. He was a terror last season for the San Francisco 49ers. You put him next to Quinn and Williams. Them two on the inside to create havoc on a quarterback without the field pass rush. is something to be looked to, to look at. So I'm something to explore. Because the Jets need the Jets need definitely need edge rusher, interior rushers. I say a safety. So I don't think um Ashton Davis is ready to take over. We signed Marcus May. You need another cornerback, maybe two cornerbacks. But I'm a type of guy. If I was GM, I'd be greedy, trying to get more than more than one, so I can have that depth. To have, to have continuous rotation of players coming in to fill that slot and not miss a beat in case of injuries or in case of just having some um, keep fresh legs on the field. Now, the next guy, the last guy I think who could be coming in with Robert Sala is Richard Sherman. We know how great Rich Sherman used to be. What he could bring to the New York Jets as far as right now is his wisdom as a cornerback, an all-pro cornerback. Where he's coming into, he'd be coming to a team that was once owned by a cornerback who had his own island. Darrell Rivas, a guy he feuded with over the internet, over Twitter, but who was the best cornerback? On their on their both their best days, Darrell Rivas was the better cornerback. Because no one was throwing to his side of the field. And the thing about Darrell Rivas was he followed the best receiver no matter where he was, whether it was in the slot, was on the flanker, or the or the X receiver. On the other side, he followed the best receiver through the entire field. That's something that Rich Sherman did not do. That's why I say he's the best. And Rich Sherman is known for his cover three. He's known for the cover three scheme where he was great at doing in Seattle, which he was, he was decent. He was good, good enough to start with San Francisco 49ers. Now he's going to Hopefully it comes to the Jets. It comes and provides some leadership to the team. He's a very smart guy. He's from Stanford. You know what I'm saying? So he's a very smart guy. He should be, he should be able to uh, mentor the young cornerbacks. Mentor, um, hopefully they be signed Marcus May. And, and go from there. And there you have it, guys. Uh, possibly a team competing for a playoff spot. Not for 2-14, and 14, not for another top three draft pick or taking to all that shit that we had to deal with the past this past year. So I'm going to segue to now to basketball. The Brooklyn Nets. A team that I don't usually speak about on my podcast because I'm such a devoted Knicks fan. I'm a big time Knicks fan. I love the Knicks. However, this is a big trade. 
a trade that I hope that, that I hope my Knicks have the assets to make the move on. James Harden coming to the New Jersey to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry, Brooklyn Nets, and a, and a big deal. But let me let me explain to you briefly. I'm gonna read off the trade here, as you guys already know the trade. But I'm gonna I'm gonna re, I'm gonna recap it though. The Nets send Jared Allen and, and Torian Prince forward to Cleveland. Castleford and Rondell Cruz go to Houston. As well as three first round picks for the Nets. The, 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 the Houston Rex will have the, the, the Nets first round picks of 2022, 2024, and 2026. And four first round picks, which is from years 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027 to Houston, which will be a swap. Definitely will swap, swap places depending on where each team land in the draft. And which also. The Rockets also received guard Dante Exum and 2022 pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers, which was once all, which via Milwaukee, and which also the Brooklyn the Brooklyn Nets also get a 2024 second round pick from the Cavaliers to complete the deal. On the flip side of this too, Karis LeVert also was sent to Indiana for Victor Oladipo from Houston. To Indiana, Carousel Fred has gone to the Indiana Pacers. Victor Oladipo is a penny free agent in the season. A player that I hope the Knicks do sign in the offseason. And a player that Knicks could actually trade, make a trade for right now for. To, to give them another scorer next to R.J. Barrett. Next to um, Julius Randle, who's playing great. Contract year. It, it's because of contract year, yeah. But I just think Julius Randle just... The light has the light has the light bulb has turned on for him. He wants to play for a contender. He wants to be the head man for a contending contending team for a playoff push. And I already seen the respect he has for Tom Thibodeau. He's playing hard out there. He's leading scorer, leading rebounder, leading assist. I think he's probably the leading assist man of the Knicks as well. So Victor Oladipo is with the with the Houston Rockets. But let me explain something. I'm going to speak about the Rockets too. Um, briefly, the Rockets. Have, I think the Rockets could be a playoff team this year as well. They got Boogie Cousins. They got John Wall, who's back after two years of missing because of the, of the Achilles. You bring on the depot to that team. Give that team some time with that new coach. They'll be okay. But the thing about the thing, I I did not agree with the trade for James Harden because. Not, not because I, I didn't I didn't agree with the trade. I felt the trade was going to happen, but was there any way they could have kept Karis LeVert? Instead of trading for him. Because she already lost Spencer Dinwiddie for the entire season because of the ACO. A big loss for the New Jersey Nets. Man, man, Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry, guys. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. From BK. Um... How will they? How will this trade work? You got KD here. KD is a team player. I never, I never had a problem with KD as far as a, a play, him being a basketball player. I just has a problem with the sensitivity as time, sensitivity at times, with the fans going back and forth with that, with the fans. This is my Knicks. The Knicks ain't cool to play for. But but he but take no make no mistake about Kevin Durant. He's an MVP. He's always an 
all-world player, once-in-a-lifetime player. He's back from his Achilles injury, full throttle. The problem with me is not with James Harden and KD, because they played together in Oklahoma City. My problem is how Kyrie Irving fits into this, this team now. He went AWOL for a few days, God knows why. There's been videos of him partying with no mask on with family members. He doesn't even tell his employer that he's going to be missing. He's going to be he's gonna need some time off. And not only that, he's on he's on COVID protocol now. And from afar, he's telling everybody he's excited about the trade. All right. But I felt, in all honesty, I felt he should have been the one to he should have been the one to go to um, Houston in that trade for James Harden. There's no place for Kyrie Irving on this team. If I was the head coach, if I was the general manager, I would not have kept him on the team because he, he lacks respect for the team. Like Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith said in uh, first take this week, he felt he felt that um, Kyrie Irving should be tied because basketball was no longer his main focus. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm in total agreement with um, Stephen A. Smith on that, which was doubled down on like, with Kendrick Perkins. As well, who felt Kyrie Irving should retire as well, because it's focused on basketball. That's a dangerous situation for the Nets to have now, especially brought in um, James Harden with all the problems he had in Houston at the end. He didn't want to play with John Wall. Listen, I would love to see that team. Would love to see that team with James Harden and 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 a resurging. Um, John Wall and Boogie Cousins on that team. It could have done some damage. Um, but the wild card is Kyrie Irving. With this trade right here for the Brooklyn Nets, is an NBA championship or bust? Do they have enough to be LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis with the Lakers? Do they have enough to be, even beat the Clippers? Who's like a... a, a, a like... I would say a long, a long second place team for the NBA Finals. Even though I definitely believe that LeBron will be back in the NBA Finals this year, so it's possible he peaked the Lakers as NBA champs to get his fifth title. Fill up those, fill up that one hand with five rings. I believe he's gonna, you know, I believe he's gonna get those five rings as well. But we'll see what happens. But the, the, the Nets are on the clock with this trade. James won the first game. The first game it was yesterday. yesterday it was Thursday night. My man, first game with the Nets. He dropped 32 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds. First play in history to have a triple double, triple double in his first game with his new team. And on top of that, KD drops 40, 42, 42 efficient points. We all know Kevin Durant has been the epitome of efficiency. He doesn't need the ball to get his to drop his points. The man is shooting about fifty-eight percent from the field, about forty-five percent from three-point line. This man will get his points. He doesn't need the ball that much. Only, like I said before, the only problem is going to be is the ball sharing the ball between Kyrie and James Harden. 
that James Harden said in his, in his press conference with the New York media. It's all about sacrifice. We know, I, I, actually, I actually honestly believe that we know Kevin Durant's going to sacrifice. I believe James Harden's going to sacrifice. But will Kyrie sacrifice? That's been the problem. That's going to be the problem, in my opinion. It's going to be Kyrie Irving. But to all my Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets fans, you guys own New York for now. You own it for now. But like I said before, you don't win this chip. You got two years to win this chip. Well, fuck it. You need to win it this year. If you don't win it, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you guys. So it's going to be bad in Brooklyn if you guys don't win the chip. So on that note, I'm going to end this podcast like this. To all my Brooklyn Nets fans, I'm going to leave you guys with one question. How would you feel if the Brooklyn Nets do not win the chip, the championship this year? That's my question to you guys. Please comment on my YouTube page. This, this, this podcast will be a video version in YouTube. I will drop the um, link to the YouTube page. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. For your, for your listening pleasures, it's going to be on Anchor, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Joey G Radio, and iHeartRadio. It's your man, Big Down. I want to sign off on this podcast. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace. Black Grizzly's naturally a true player. But my King Crawl, he's like a soothsayer. Shout out to Big Dom, he's a true player. We even took God, man, we be soothsaying. So who playing? We talk about everything. Live, from the light to the heavy things. Live on podcast, we gon' help your time pass. We well connected, way better than Comcast. No cap, why? Cause we stay woke. And our podcast is fire, straight smoke. So pay close. Attention, cause we ain't the most. Shout out to Sheik J, the Kiss Styles, Peter.